This is Think Digital Futures. I am Miles Herbert. In May of this year, students in years three, five, seven, and nine were assessed on their reading, writing, language, and numeracy as part of the National Assessment Program, or as you might know it, NAPLAN. And just last month, this year's NAPLAN results were finally handed down to the students who nervously took the exam. And the parents who were anxiously waiting to see their children's marks, but results were actually due much earlier, and parents and students alike were made to wait. There were reports that they might be pushed back because there were concerns that national data could be invalid. Results came back weeks behind schedule and arrived with their fair share of controversy. The delay in releasing NAPLAN results is in part about whether scores from paper and online tests can be statistically compared. This year, 20% of students completed a new online test, with the remaining 80% stuck with the old pen and paper version. And because of this difference between typing out your essay on the computer. And scribbling down answers to maths on a piece of paper, two U.S. experts said this round of testing is so flawed the results of one million students should be completely discarded. Already worried parents, students, and educators had a lot to say. Some parents have got activists on this issue, and become conscientious objectors, refusing to allow their children. To participate in NAPLAN for various reasons, here's a comment from. And when it comes to NAPLAN, controversy has become customary. Robots will soon be marking students' NAPLAN tests. Last year, a plan to have the writing portion of the exam marked by a computer was scrapped after growing community concern. But the Australian Curriculum Assessment and Reporting Authority. The governing body in charge of NAPLAN results still strongly argues for robot marking, insisting it is as reliable as humans for marking narrative and persuasive writing tasks. All NAPLAN tests will be double marked next year by computer and a human. Those in charge say that will show machines are quite capable of doing the job on their own. With the test now in its tenth year. Dissenters are growing in number, and currently include New South Wales Education Minister Rob Stokes, who wants the whole test scrapped, and Queensland Education Minister Grace Grace, who wants a broad-scale national review of the exam. But during these discussions and heated debates. Played out in the media, amongst educators, and in classrooms, there is something not being talked about, something that is lost when we focus on the technology that implements and marks this national assessment, and not the assessment itself. With any standardized test, they all seem to be totally normed to children who are. Of a white middle-class English-speaking background, 
That's coming up on Think Digital Futures. Well, everything's different, Miles, isn't it? This is Linda Pascoe. I've been an educator for about 35 years, and uh, almost 20 of those years have been as a school principal. Linda's career as an educator has taken her all across the country. I worked in the Kimberley region in the district high school in Wyndham that was approximately 90% Indigenous students. She has worked in the Tanami Desert. With 100% Indigenous students, non-English speaking backgrounds. And in Arnhem Land. In um, a totally Indigenous school with probably about two-thirds Indigenous staff and 100% Indigenous students. That was in the town of Nooka which is a community in the southeast of Arnhem Land. And the, the way that the town was set up um, a little over 100 years ago were that seven neighbouring clans, these clan groups uh, bonded together, lived together in the same community. So each clan group spoke their own language. There's an overarching language across most of the top of Australia, called Creole, that almost everybody in the community speaks and understands Creole. So that's, there's eight languages. And most kids would have Creole and most families would have Creole plus their own traditional language. So English is at least their third language, if not their fourth and fifth. About 50% of the Northern Territory students live in remote or very remote areas, with many, like the students in Linda's classrooms, introduced to English for the first time when they begin school at the age of five. But NAPLAN is administered only in English. A lot of children who grow up in families that don't speak English at home really struggle in understanding some of the concepts that are put forward in the English language. Last year, NAPLAN results showed remote Aboriginal students in year three went backwards in grammar and punctuation compared with 2016. And this is not because Indigenous students and parents deprioritize education but because the dominant language and ideology of the tests used to assess their intelligence are Western-centric and difficult for them to engage with. They have questions that are totally out of the realm of some people's experience. During her years as an educator, Linda helped administer her fair share of NAPLAN exams. And during the numeracy sections, or as you might know it, maths, students were allowed to ask for help with some of the language barriers. The supervisor is allowed to read the question to the students, but not allowed to explain what the question is asking or or help them do the question. 
almost every child asked me and the other supervisor to read out almost every question. For Linda, this is a perfect example of just how inequitable NAPLAN testing is. So we would go from table to table to table. Because even though remote students are fluent in other languages, often even more than their non-Indigenous counterparts, they are still ranked against schools where students primarily speak English as their first language. And these marks are then used to assess whether or not Indigenous students are learning as well as other Australian pupils. So it's kind of like the test is prioritizing a Western-centric way of gauging your intelligence? Absolutely, and based on English written literacy. So what happens when you take an already Western-centric and biased exam and automate its assessment? You are listening to Think Digital Futures. I am Miles Herbert. Last year, state and territory education ministers agreed that NAPLAN will move online over a two- to three-year period. This means moving NAPLAN from the current paper-based test to a computer-based assessment. The transition started this year. One of the main reasons NAPLAN Online is being introduced is to reduce the time frame between students taking the test and receiving their results. The Australian Curriculum Assessment and Reporting Authority wants to use automated essay scoring to mark the writing portions of NAPLAN exams. They say algorithms can learn. In this case, it's trained using more than 100 NAPLAN writing tests scored by human markers. But critics say an algorithm cannot properly assess the meaning and cultural significance embedded into students' writing. The public perception of automated essay scoring is that it can't perform the same as humans, that we should be having humans grade human work, that students' pupils deserve that, and that it will lead to a kind of narrowing in focus in schools to increasingly focus just on uh, the the test. And, of course, the kinds of things that uh, at least there's a perception that the technology can pick up on. This is Dr. Simon Knight, from the University of Technology, Sydney's Faculty of Transdisciplinary Innovation. Part of my research is around how people find and use evidence. And then the other part is around learning analytics specifically, which is about how people use data to say stuff about learning and to support that learning better. While others argue automated test marking won't capture the nuances of language and meaning within student essays, Simon is less worried about the algorithm. The bigger issue is whether or not the test in itself is doing the sorts of things that we want. Algorithms, like the ones built into the NAPLAN automated test scoring, don't create biases themselves. If the test is already more suited towards a certain type of student, the algorithm will reflect that disparity as well. It's reflecting society, right? It's reflecting what we have 
designed the assessment to do, asked the assessment to do, and yes, we can automate that. And then, of course, the thing that we automate will be based on the existing systems that we had. But Simon does agree moving NAPLAN online might further entrench the ideology of NAPLAN into our methods of learning. I think there is a concern that the introduction of automated essay scoring will kind of reify the the existing system. So it will stay stuck where it is because once we've trained the model and we've shown that it can work for this set of assessments, radical changes would require a completely new model. And I think that is one of the other concerns with the automated essay scoring that we would have an increasing focus on the sorts of things that computers can pick up on and that that focus would shift into the classroom as well. And again, this is just an amplification of existing concerns around the fact that NAPLAN and standardised assessments like that tend to drive the behaviour of teaching because schools are held to account based on these results. Teachers are held to account based on these results. In a sense, pupils and students are as well, certainly as they get towards the end of their school careers. So it can really kind of narrow focus within the curriculum. And over time, it can create a feedback loop by unconsciously narrowing the curriculum based on the factors the automated scoring system provides. This can slowly exclude alternative perspectives and cultures from Australia's teaching and learning practices. If we think it's not a very good assessment and that we are getting students into this kind of feedback loop where they narrow the sorts of responses they provide over you know, the years that they do this test, and we think that they're narrowing it in ways that aren't conducive to their learning, then the worry is the design of the test, not the design of the the scoring system. In Queensland, there is a program aimed at embedding Aboriginal perspectives and culture into the curriculum. But teachers are also expected to match up with other schools' NAPLAN results across the country. The education department puts a lot of stress on schools, a lot of pressure on schools to lift their NAPLAN performance because states and funding are all tied to improvements. This is Linda Pascoe again. For one reason or another, this is one of those pieces of statistic that they use to measure improvement when in fact social, emotional and and behavioural improvement probably means a lot more. So embedding different cultural perspectives becomes second fiddle. And instead of decolonizing the classroom, programs like the one in Queensland get pushed aside because NAPLAN takes precedent. Teachers do stress about it. And I know that there are some teachers who feel that Other teachers, even in the same school or administrators in a school, might judge them based on the results of the NAPLAN tests that their students produce. But I think that school administrators also feel quite stressed about it. Whether it's meant this way or not meant this way, it has the effect of schools comparing against each other 
and then school administrators looking like they're doing a better or a worse job. And that's totally unfair. I guess because NAPLAN is in English and does have this kind of dominant ideology pervasive through it, and then if teachers and administrators are concerned about the results, do you think it may lead to teachers and administrators prioritizing a certain type of ideology in the classroom instead of, say, cultural learning practices? Absolutely. And that's that's a real shame of it, focusing loads and loads on on, uh, on particular literacy skill to, to, to enable to get better results out of the NAPLAN rather than a, a more holistic education can, can be sometimes very limiting. There is a long history of colonization in Australia, and this colonization did not exist solely outside the classroom. The whitewashing of history has existed inside Australian textbooks for some time. And Indigenous students were also excluded from educational institutions for a big part of Australia's history. Of course. So before Indigenous students even sit down to take the NAPLAN exam, there is a significant amount of intergenerational trauma Indigenous students, parents and carers have to navigate as they wade through this process. The issues about teaching in remote Indigenous communities and and as somebody explained it, they said it's like peeling an onion. There's layer upon layer upon layer of complexity and every layer makes you cry. Thanks for listening to Think Digital Futures. This show was made in partnership with 2SCR and the University of Technology, Sydney, and produced on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, whose sovereignty was never ceded. Thanks to Linda Pascoe and Simon Knight for speaking with me, and thanks to Lynn Griffin from the University of Technology, Sydney's Centre of the Advancement of Indigenous Knowledges, whose research helped inspire this episode. If you like the show, you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help other people find the show. I have been Miles Herbert. I will catch you guys again next week.